Mr. Pop. Can you just stick to the chart and stop laying into me? <laughs> oh no, I've got better stuff for you. This is Rock and Roll, your weekly shot of sport and music with Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix, and Mark Fine. Okay, everyone, welcome to Rock and Roll. Let me just start by saying he's just a local boy modelling for magazines. None chucker, things never are quite as they seem. Isn't that just a wonderful piece of poetry to start the program off, don't you think, gents? My name's Kevin Hillier. Welcome to Rock and Roll. Mark Fine's with me as always, a broadcaster and, uh, of course, the man now these days, not a broadcaster, um, but the uh, manager, owner, operator, uh, head honcho, number one man at uh, Lenny's Fine Foods in North Caulfield. You bet. And loving it. And loving it. <laughs> and just finished a great big lovely bowl of soup, the creep, uh, which looked absolutely magnificent. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, okay. And now we head to the Gold Coast, to the penthouse of the uh, the fa- in fantasy land there on the Gold Coast, to our good friend, uh, former lead singer of the <laughs> X-Men, who's <laughs> rolling something, uh, and I'm sure it's not meant for a cooking show. Uh, rolling, rolling. <laughs> yes. Uh, hello, Brian Mannix. Welcome to the program. Hello, Kev. Hello, Mark. Great to be here tonight on such an auspicious occasion. I don't know what's auspicious about the occasion, but I'm sure in some form or style it is auspicious. You know know what? You remind me of a a line from my favourite comedy of all time, a movie called Young Frankenstein. Ah, Oh, great movie. There's a line, and I love this line because until you hear all of it, the first part of it doesn't make sense. So I would introduce Brian as thus. Brian Mannix, a man who is at once infamous and famous. Well, I think that's a terrific introduction. <laughs> I'd, I'd give me some of so that. You don't quite know what infamous is until <laughs> you hear that it's also fa- famous. Yes. Infamous. <laughs> infamous and famous. Very nice. Very nice indeed. Now, the last time I saw you, Mannix, mm-hmm. was on my television set. And like, oh, a, well, like a lot of people, I, doing? I have a rather large television set. Oh. A very big television set that, you know, is not, not as big as the one you now have on the Gold Coast, but it's a pretty big television set. So when you look at it, you know, things on it are, mm-hmm. are you know, quite quite big. Um, right. And there I was watching the replay of last week, not last night's, because we do this show on a Monday night, but last week's Spicks and Specs. Yes. And then next minute I'm confronted by the image of a naked Brian Mannix emerging mm-hmm. from a bathtub. Yeah. Reenacting a Prince video clip, mm-hmm. which was their secret song thing theme thing that they run through the show, and it's yeah. it's you with in the nutty hopping out of a. Fortunately, they you know, the shot was cropped, but uh, hopping out of a bath, pointing at the camera like Prince did in the uh, in the video. Now, clearly, you're not you're not you know you're not Prince. You're Brian Mannix. Mm. What the I hell were you doing doing that? And well, what what is what is going on with your career, son? Well, you know, I felt that the uh, the national television audience of Spicks and Specs, they have been clamouring for a nude scene from me, 
Um, everybody, I don't know, Have Kev, uh, Finey, I, I don't know what it's about, but everybody wants to see me in the nude. And uh, right. the producers, his picks and specs, eventually caved in and said, look, we've got to give the people what they want. So uh, I was having a very bad hair day, but um, anyway, yeah, so I yeah, got nuded up for uh, – it was a cold day too, actually. At, uh, well, you couldn't tell because they didn't show that bit, but it was just – it was quite a confronting, you know, thing of you. Know. Well, I, I haven't seen it, Kev, and um, – Well, I wouldn't rush. Perhaps, perhaps <laughs> I shouldn't. Um, I wouldn't rush. Oh, really? Um, it looks that good, does it? Yeah, that's um, yep. right. So uh, it's not going to have any girls ringing me up saying, hey, I saw you in the nude on uh, Spooks and Specs. Uh, I, I don't know, yeah. Brian, that you very well could. <laughs> you know? Well, let's what, hope what? so. Hey, Brian, mm-hmm. what sort of earns that, Seven, eight thousand. So just not you're just cutting out there a bit fine. You didn't quite hear that bit. Yeah. I wish I wish it was. We've all worked for the ABC at some stage. The ABC play you the yeah. standard appearance fee that they give whether you walk on to sing, uh, you know, uh, Vivaldi's yeah. Four Seasons, or whether you walk on to walk off again. That's you get the ABC standard performance fee, don't you? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. you know, I think with the ABC. It's wor- always worth doing because you you know you go on to you know Caloundra and oh yeah Timbuktu and all of these places all around Australia get to see it, so that's really helpful to me. Like Countdown was, you know, so yeah, yeah. you know you go on Countdown, suddenly you can you know you can play in Esperance, yep, and you can play. So um, I never mind too much whether the money's a bit short with the ABC because I think long term. It's um, it's very beneficial to me, and I think you know, speaks and speaks. Like I've it's done a big show. Well, I've done some episodes for nothing. Yep. Um, and you know, because they don't have the budget, but but you know, I'm walking around the Gold Coast, and people are going, "Ah, oh, we love watching on speaks and specs," and yep. and there's a lot of people that know me from speaks and specs, not from the Uncanny X Men. So, you know, um, it's. It's a uh, <laughs> yeah, well, nice work, Fonny. Yeah, that's good. They don't know about the X Men. Um, so yeah, no, look, it's good. I and I like the ABC. They're lovely people, and um, you know, I'll do anything for them. Okay, good. Hmm. Good to hear. Uh, highlight of the week, Fonny. Like Demis Roussos. Then <laughs> what, what was that? Demis Roussos famously. Do you remember when Demis Roussos was caught up in a plane hostage? A plane. I do got, actually, yes. Yeah, he got he got you know when they used to hijack planes. Yeah, it was it was like it was in like flares. Yeah, so you know that that terrorists have thrust a microphone in his face. <laughs> do, do you know all the great courageous Demis Roussos could come up with? These lovely people. <laughs> Referred to the hijackers as lovely people. <laughs> of course they are. When they've got a gun, yeah, it's, when it's, they've got a gun, when you're, bre- when you're, when you're these lovely people, please help them. <laughs> Give them the money, please. Yeah, sounds like he's got a job at the two dollar shop down the road from you. Yeah, well, could do. Now, finally, a highlight of the week, and uh, and do you have a story for us this week uh, to, to rival the ostrich uh, and the monkeys and? The Greyhounds and the fabulous uh, Fitzroy game. <laughs> I, I almost do. 
bloody West Ham finally won. Yes, um, I see that. How about that? A miracle. Lordy, lordy. God, we were going badly. Well, you only did no, got, 75th got, minute or something when you kicked the goal, so it wasn't, <laughs> you weren't powering away with it. Oh, 75th minute of the fourth game. That was our first goal of the season. Yeah, that's, that is uh, that is that's this side really of ordinary. Smashed them. That's really watchable, isn't it? Yeah. You know, <laughs> people who are critics of soccer. Oh, who do you back for West Ham? Yeah, we're halfway through the fourth game of the year. We haven't scored yet. Yeah, that is a hard yeah. sell. That's a very difficult Correct. sell. A very, very, particularly when Liverpool knocked nine in the night before against who was that against Bour- uh, Bournemouth? Yeah, yeah. What Bournemouth? Yeah. Well, <laughs> Liverpool knocked nine in. They were doing it for fun in the end. Oh, oh. No, yeah. I like both teams, but Bournemouth I've got a really special spot for because they're black and red and. They've only got a stadium that holds ten thousand, and well, they come up their, from nowhere. Why don't you get their coach sacked and just uh, the you know get the CEO the bullet and fire half the board members like good old Simon Madden walks away from the club? Why don't you do that to Bournemouth, Brian? You've done it to Essendon. Why don't you do it to Bournemouth? Well, I think we get Sheedy over there to Bournemouth, and there I think go. you sort things right out. Yeah, and and quite frankly, I think we could get David Beckham to coach Essendon, and he wouldn't do a worse job than what we've had over the last twenty years. It'd be a Ted Lasso moment for everybody. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. It wouldn't be a bad but thing. Yep, yeah, as a bit of a primer, mm-hmm. I do have. I'm going back to Aussie rules. Good. Yep. Tonight. Okay. And I do have the story of the player, I believe, in my estimation. Now, it's it's difficult to call <laughs> – it's difficult to say that he won the Coleman medal, given that he did it in a year before John Coleman was born. Makes it difficult. <laughs> oh, they knew he was going to be good. <laughs> but – but, you know, they've done retrospective Coleman's. It's easy to do, whoever was the leading goal kicker at the end yeah. of the home and away season. So we'll talk about the amazing sportsman that, in my estimation, was the most incredible winner of the Coleman medal in history. Wow. He also had an extraordinary test career, played test cricket for Australia. Oh, okay. And just happened to be probably Melbourne's pre-war leading sort of obstetrician. So many people can trace their grandmother's birth or grandfather's birth or, you know, thousands, tens of thousands of Australians can say that they were there down the line from being delivered by this great man. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that's so coming up shortly. There, so he's seen a lot of vaginas in his time then, this man. Well, he, he, he would have because he played against Essendon. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice he is, indeed. He is part of one of the funniest apocryphal cricket stories of all time. I can tell you that. I won't tell you who it is. Okay. All right. He only played one test for Australia. I think I know who you're talking MCD. about. I, re- I reckon I met him. Well, gee, you would have been old. Uh, well, he was, um, old. he was old. Well, uh, there is a bloke. Well, on- you're... Are you thinking of Ken Eastwood? No, 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 no. Another bloke Anyhow. from another. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that anyway. Anyhow, you may have, you may have, but yeah. the apocryphal story is in his one test. Oh, it's not true. This is not true, but it's just a great story that his wife rang up the MCC dressing rooms because she had an important message for him. And they said, 
yeah, she asked to speak to her husband and they said, oh, he's just gone out to bat. And she said, oh, don't worry, I'll hold the line. <laughs> That's very nice. And, and she wasn't disappointed. Yeah. And let me tell you, she wasn't disappointed. Yes, okay. All right, well, we got uh, plenty to get through tonight because we've got uh, some footy to talk about too because we've got uh, finals coming up this week, so we'll get uh, everyone's tips on the finals. We have a chart this week that features one of our very own. And no, Finey was not a member of Banana Rama, Bros or the Pet Shop Boys, Bros or the Pet Shop Boys. It is, in fact, not as a member of the Uncanny X-Men, not as solo singer Brian Mannix, but as the member of an enormously over-talented ensemble that did a song in 1988 that was on the chart that we have, which is the 10th of July, 1988, Brian Mannix features in this chart, and we'll get to that a little later on because it is a, a very special and poignant moment, I think, both in music history and probably in Brian's. Well, we will have a bit to say about that later on in the show, Kevin. We There's will. no doubt about, about that. And there we will play the no song. Doubt. We will play the song oh, in, in its no. entirety at the end of the show. <laughs> and you're, Fantastic. And, and we'll highlight the fact that at the 2 minute 38 mark, that is Brian's one line in the, in the uh, one solo performance in this song where he sings. <laughs> Just gets in before Richard Wilkins. Um, yeah, they. Yeah, that's how they rated me. This was <laughs> slightly better than Richard Wilkins. Well, we'll get to get to it. It's a it's a massively big song in terms of uh, the the importance to uh, a whole myriad of things that happened in 1988. But uh, we'll get to that uh, a little later on. We've already got some great feedback on the chart uh, from. Uh, uh, social media platforms this afternoon, so we thank the people who've already jumped on and given us that. And we've got footy to talk about. Got a highlight of the week before we get to the football, Brian? Um, Anything? Oh, I went to I went to salsa lessons again, oh. and um, yeah, I, 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 Melanie and her husband and their son Jackson came and visited me on Saturday, and I suggested to Melanie that maybe she should take a month off the dance lessons and I just keep going so that I can kind of catch up a bit because it's, yeah. Who are you trying to hit on at the dancing? I'm not trying to hit on anybody oh, at okay. the dancing. I don't have time to think about anything except, I, oh, shit, yeah, we're going to go left now. Rah. It's, um, yeah, it just reminds me like um, a lot of the um, what I was learning. Like I can learn the individual moves but you've got to, no one really quick. So it's like, okay, we go forward, and then they go, now sideways. So you go, damn, and now you're out of time and it's all. So anyway, that's just, you know, body so, learning and stuff and practice. But so it's we'll the equivalent of when the cleaners are coming on Monday, you clean the house on Sunday night. You want to? That's what you're trying to do, isn't it? Well, yeah, and I think that um, I'll probably feel a bit better if Melanie takes a month off because she's a professional dancer, you know. She's represented Australia in ballroom dancing and she won Dancing with the Stars. So, you know, it yeah. must be frustrating for her. So, um, so anyway, yeah, but, yeah, that was probably the highlight of the week and right. uh, caught up with a few friends and, um, yeah, it's I found a joint that has happy hours, five dollar drinks from three to six, and all day Monday. So, oh, God, three, oh, three oh, to, great! And we do this show on a Monday. That's just what we needed. Thanks, Gold Coast. Um, I'll, I'll, 
Mm-hmm. I was just saying to somebody before, I said, um, said yeah, it's probably better when we did it at 11 o'clock on a Tuesday because, <laughs> you know, Monday 7 o'clock, you know, I listen back and here I am slurring all over the joint and yeah. I'm like, oh, God. Keep yourself anyway. nice for the next hour and we'll be fine. Now, finally, what about you? Any highlights? Um, yeah, sort of unburdened of St Kilda. It was a much nicer weekend. Yes, good. I'm pleased. Oh, you know what was a highlight? So Sunday nights, end of a tough work week, we try and go out as a family for dinner. Yep. Have you ever been to? It's it's all the go in the city. Chinese hot pot. No, can't say no. That. No. And they they bring out like a soup and, and all these different meats and veggies and you dunk it in the soup and different sauces. For me, a hot pot didn't wasn't a hot pot used to be like a dead certainty on a racetrack. <laughs> Not a hot shot like these are called the hot pot. Yeah, anyhow. So the highlight of what they brought out because we wanted the big, you know, the the thinly sliced sirloin steak. Oh yeah, yeah. You know what it's called this restaurant? No, thinly sliced sirloin steak. No, no. Barbie. Do you know why? No. No. A Barbie doll comes out festooned in a giant dress, like a gown of raw meat. Like Lady Gaga. Correct. And as you take each piece towards the reveal, you wonder what you're going to get. All right. I love it. It was closed. But it's quite a funny way to have dinner, really. So hang it's on. A, it's a sexy way to have dinner. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, <laughs> hang on. Run, me, run that past me again one more time. Just So it's a Barbie doll and they've dressed Ra- it sliced raw sirloin. So it, it's a, what, a Barbie doll and a stick type deal. No, it's a she's dressed doll. in steak. Oh, okay. So it's like a little dress around her. You look up spice hot pot, Barbie doll. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. I wonder if they could do a uh, a big blow-up doll with spaghetti. That could be interesting. Oh, God. Why? Yeah, exactly. Good question. Well, yeah, Why would hey. that be interesting? Right? Well, you get the blow-up doll, the blow-up love doll, right, and you load it up with spaghetti and, you know, you go and – Chow down and have some have some pasta, I guess. Mm, okay. Yes. Not a mental pic- to- not a mental picture that's really they're doing a lot for me, I must say, Brian. <laughs> imagine, <laughs> seeing, imagine seeing spaghetti come out of that no, the, no, the, no, oh no, 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 no. Perfect for great for a horror film, mate. Yeah, probably. Mm. Keep workshopping that for your horror film. Oh, I'll keep that in mind. Don't worry about that. All right, let's have a look at the footy finals in the AFL this week. We start on Thursday night. Brisbane take on Richmond. Do you did you do you like the week? I mean, you mentioned finally that it was good to have the uh, uh, St Kilda free weekend. But did you miss the footy? The AFLW. Yeah. Well, did you then? Did you watch that instead, or did you watch it because you wanted to watch it, or how did that work? I watched it because I'm not that shitful men's team that I married for. They won well. Yes, they did. Did you miss the footy, Brian? 
Um, I did actually, and to the point where I went to the uh, beer garden in Cavill Avenue and I had a pot and I was watching the girls' football and I was actually pretty impressed because, you know, I, 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 I'm sure you remember that I was very, you know, critical of it when it yeah. all started. And, you know, they still don't kick for a very long distance, but gee whiz, I think the skills are, are really, really got good. And um, I liked the way they moved the ball. And I think I was watching West Coast and Port, I think it was. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I, I, I was quite impressed because I did miss the foot. It was like, oh, yeah, well, good, there's, there's some sort of footy on. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, thumbs up for me. Hopawati for me. Okay. Right. Um, let's get to the uh, uh, the final start, as I said, Thursday night. Uh, Lions take on the Richmond. This one's at the Gabba. Uh, I had a feeling the Tigers are coming personally. I reckon they're um, they're the danger team in the in the that sit just outside that top four. Um, they're the danger team. They look in good nick to me. So I'll, I'll be tipping the Tigers to beat the Lions there. Mister Fine, what's your thoughts? Right, the whole world's tipping the Tigers, Kev. Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously. They're on the nose, Brisbane. Rainer's out suspended. Big Joe Danaher couldn't catch COVID in a nursing home. <laughs> oh, that's a bit rough. <laughs> no, hey, Brian, it's you not. didn't have to say that. Hey, Brian, steady on. He couldn't freaking uh, manage, a, he couldn't organise a route in a brothel. Thanks, Brian. Thank you. So, Everybody's on the Tigers, but sorry, Brisbane had a better season than Richmond all over. I know they got a terrible finals record. I know Richmond, everything points to Richmond, like everything. Oh, they love playing up in Brisbane. They want a flag up there, blah, blah, blah. Yep. I'm going for Brisbane. Okay. Because you know what? I don't think Richmond are that good. No, I don't think they're that good, but I think their timing is, uh, I think they've hit yeah, their yeah. straps at the right it's time. Probably, it may well be right, but all right. You know what they say in football? You're never as good as you know, sometimes people pump you up to be and you're never as bad. No, I think that these two teams are pretty evenly pitched, so I'm going for the home side. Okay. Brian? Well, I'm predicting <coughs> that the umpires will determine this game um, and that would therefore make me lean towards Brisbane. But, um, no, I, 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 I think um, – Richmond, they know how to win. They got a bit of prick in them, and I think that's what you need. And Joe Danaher is fine. He says, "You know, what are you doing, mate? Please." So yeah, Richmond for me. Okay. Uh, Melbourne play Sydney Friday night. Uh, this is the uh, top four teams, so they've got a second chance. Uh, the, Melbourne just looked too good to me. Sydney good. I quite like Sydney, but um, I think Melbourne are very good. So I'll be going for Melbourne, finey. I was at the MCG when Sydney beat Melbourne earlier this year. Yeah. It was a good game. They were 26 points down, started the second quarter and just took the game away from Melbourne. But I've got to tip Melbourne. Yep. Sorry, I think they're going to win the flag. Yeah, I'm not sure about that yet. Uh, Brian? Well, because we're not the project, I think Sydney's going to uh, bring the rumpies down with them and uh, they're going to do all right. They're going to... Um, they're going to surprise everybody. Um, so Sydney for me. 
Okay. Saturday two uh, two games on Saturday one at four thirty five at the MCG. Geelong will take on Collingwood. I think the Cats will win this. I, I know there's a lot of talk about how they play the MCG, but I think they're going to. I think they're good. Uh, I think they'll probably be too good for Collingwood, who I'm really impressed with. Really think they're very good side, but it's the Cats for me. For you, Mister Fine. Well, first of all, this is going to be a horrible game. Horrible, <laughs> horrible, horrible game. Why is that? I'm thinking of every Geelong Collingwood game at the MCG for the last 10 years has been a battle of inches. Great if you're back for either team. Mm. But it's been this horrible, monochromatic war. Geelong shit me. <laughs> <laughs> i got several clubs that fit into that barrel. No, they shit me. Yeah. How does a team that finished third last year, played in the prem grand final the year before, get an easier draw than the wooden spooners. How does that work out? Oh, also, we'll just, you know, remember they've got like 10 games that no one else is welcome here except Geelong People Stadium. Like it's, you get served up there. <laughs> the, the teams that run out on the ground position, they actually shouldn't run through a banner. They should come out in giant, you know, in the cartoons, they used to have giant pots for cannibals. Yeah, yeah. They should be rolled out. <laughs> you know, and all the opposition players in these boiling hot cauldrons of water with carrots and celery in them. <laughs> yes. I mean, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, I remember them. You're the main course, stupid. Yep. You know, it, it's it, it's all preordained. So the home and away season, I don't, I don't care if Geelong finish on top of the EPL. <laughs> It means nothing to me after their after their draw and their where do they play their away games? Either you know, either against West Coast and they didn't even they struggled, I think, to beat West Coast. You know, they're either playing West Coast away or or having these incredible difficult away games at places like Marvel Stadium or MCG. Gee, that must be a tough on them. And the other thing that shits me about them, they can talk all they want. About, oh, Jeremy Cameron, Cameron, he would have been right this weekend, mate. Oh, he's playing the house down. You know what? It's a fucking hamstring. It's twenty-one <laughs> days. Whether you, whether you want to, whether you want to talk it up, do, do you honestly believe that his hamstring listens to this bullshit? <laughs> oh, oh, they said they're okay. Thank goodness. So he ain't. And if he is, they're stupid. So come on, the pies. I've got no time for Geelong in the finals. I friggin' hate them. Finally has picked the pies. Mr Mannix. Well, I don't hate Geelong as much as um, And I'll, te- I'll tell you something. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, can I tell you? Yeah. You can. The leading, halfway through the last quarter, I'm turning my television on its side. <laughs> <laughs> Why on its side? Because then it'll look like Collingwood's win. See the the, <laughs> the horizontal and the the stripes, boy. Oh, I see. Yes. Okay. Right. Well, you know, it was lucky I asked the question. Some of our listeners might not have been no, no. astute enough to pick up on that gem. Um, oh. Very <laughs> very esoteric bit of a uh, bit of <laughs> observational, uh, you know, life experiences there from Mister Fine. You know, Jack Dyer, he wouldn't, he wouldn't, he had Collingwood so much, he wouldn't even watch black and white TV. Yes, correct. 
so uh, who are you tipping, Brian? Uh, look, I've just got a feeling, um, and I'd you know I'd probably prefer Geelong to win if I don't like Collingwood, but I've just got a feeling Collingwood are going to sneak across the line here. So it's Collingwood for me. Okay. Now, I'll start with you, Brian. This one, Fremantle take on uh, the Bulldogs. It's in Perth. It's Saturday night in Perth. It's the uh, the reigning purple power over there, Brian. You've been purpling it up all year. Carrying uh, on like I've a got, pork got, chop I've about got, purple I've, this and purple I've got to stick with the purple. Um, hopefully the umpires are wearing purple as well. Is that why, so, is that why those picks and specs got you to do prints? See, there's another sign why purple is the thing this year. It wasn't. It was. It wasn't a purple rain. The song. It was when doves cry. But it still prints and it. It, it was purple. purple though. The set was purple. Yeah. yeah. So purple. You know, Frio, uh, and yeah, Storm. They and could have. Sydney I'm, Kings. I'm suggesting that Spicks and Specs could have found any number of skinny gutted rock stars to take their clothes off and sit in a bathtub. And Glenn, to be honest. Something it's, it's, a bit more body colour than B Maddox. <laughs> oh, it's a bit white, was I? Well, just a bit pale. Just, just you a, know, Prince Wal- Prince, Prince wasn't. No, that's you know, the like Oh, wow. he wasn't airy. He wasn't an airy. Oh, look, he looked like a drowned rat wrapped up in a, in <laughs> oh, you know a box of chocolates. They got the you right know, person. What the hell? I don't know why he raves about Prince. He did some great work, but really. Well, he's in this. He's in this chart. You can talk about him when we get the chart. Inconsistent. He looks like, you know, a drowned rat wrapped wrapped up in a Cadbury's box. Okay, so Fremantle, you're going for to beat the doggies. Come on, the Cadburys. Okay. Mr. Fight, well, we all know I'm tipping the doggies, uh, you know, in hope as much as anything else. Um, but but uh, Mr. Fine, you're the voice of sensibility and reason here? Oh, I'm showing no reason. So anybody with any ill feeling towards Carlton, put your hands up, just put my hand up. <laughs> you couldn't have scripted anything more hilarious. Last. I mean, I am still – every now and then I'll just be sitting at work or even I'll just wake up laughing. <laughs> I mean, the one who lost those last two games <laughs> – it's it's just inconceivable that they're not playing finals. So what could make that even more painful? A uh, shitful performance by that they can sit back and go, oh my god, we would have killed them. Yeah. Bring it on, baby! All right, so there's uh, there's the forty tips. Actually, this bloke he went into the brothel, the Oriental Plum, probably. And uh, he said, uh, listen, uh, I'm into bondage. And they go, well, yes, sir, we, we cater for that. And he says, how much did it cost me for total humiliation? He says, oh, it'll be $250. And he says, what do I get for that? She gets, you, you get a cult membership and a scarf. <laughs> uh, and he'll be here all week. All right, now the chart, uh, we're going to get to find his story next, but the chart, I'll just tell you what the top ten in this. 10th of July 1988 chart is. Number 10 is Fast Car by Tracy Chapman. Nine is Underneath the Radar by Underworld. Number eight is Sitting on the Dock of the Bay by Michael Bolton. Number seven is Blue Monday 1988 by New Order. Six is Pink Cadillac by Natalie Cole. Five is I Want You Back by Banana Rama. Four is The Flame by Cheap Trick. Three is Better Be Home Soon by Crowded House. 
Two is What a Wonderful World by Louis Armstrong, and number one has got to be Certain by Kylie Minogue. And now, I, Kylie. And we'll get to the chart very shortly, but I do want That's to un- unveil now, before we go to Finding Story, that the song we're going to be spending a fair bit of time commenting on this week is The Lucky Number 23, mm. which is called You're Not Alone by the <coughs> Australian Olympians. Not yeah, necessarily right. all Olympians involved in this. No. And you'll find out why, because that is our feature song from this chart this week. Because yeah. one of us, one of our very own, is involved in that particular song. Mm. But we digress. We'll get to the chart in a moment. Why did you do it, Finey? Why did you do it? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, Finey, uh, your, you know, your story now, you talked about he was a test cricketer, uh, Coleman medal winner before Coleman was born. And uh, and an obstetrician of note. Yes. Who is this person and well, what I'm is this story? Sure I'm pretty sure you didn't interview him because he died in 1947. Okay, then he's not the bloke I thought. No. He's the father-in-law of Ian Johnson. Uh, Channel 9 boss. Yep. Okay. But more importantly, he was a fantastic footballer and a marvellous cricketer, a former student and a revered student of where my kids went to school, Wesley College, and his name is Dr. Roy Park. Oh, okay. No, I don't know him. Oh, there's a park named after him. Doctor, yeah. Yeah, like Tina Arena Arena. Yeah, it's Park Park <laughs> next to Tina Arena Arena. Dr. Roy Park played 44 games for university and 13 games for Melbourne. But it was in 1913 that Dr. Roy Park, with an amazing 51 goals, led the AFL goal kicking at the end of the home and away season and won, I guess, what would have been the equivalency, of course, of the, sorry, 53 goals of the Coleman medal. Yeah. Now, you know what is amazing about that performance? On the surface, only, no, I don't. I have no idea. Uh, only limited amount of games. No, he played all 18 games that season. University lost all 18 games that season. Wow. University failed to kick 100 goals for the season. Wow. So his side averaged less than five and a half goals a game, yet he averaged over or just on three goals a game to be the leading goal kicker in the competition. <laughs> Jeez. University, a year later, again didn't win a game, and that was their last ever season. They, they had been decimated by the war. So many of their players were doctors that went off to serve in the First World War. Being an obstetrician, those sort of services are less required, aren't they, mm. in, in a theatre of war? And as much as he wanted to serve, he was urged to stay back and service, you know, a population that desperately needed somebody to take care of pregnant women. He was also a fantastic cricketer. He went to school with and was the closest personal friend of Sir Robert Menzies. Oh, wow. Sir Robert Menzies described him as a brilliant student and a brilliant cricketer. And he remembered him once batting for Wesley, making a double century whilst studying or practising his studies. And Sir Robert Menzies said he 
he was not a great cricketer, but he had the good fortune of batting with Dr. Roy Park for the future Dr. Roy Park for a while. And the innings was an unusual combination of masterful stroke play and leaving students, so that's year 11, between deliveries reciting Shakespeare. <laughs> so that would have been quite interesting. Oh, my God. He played one test for Australia, and the night before his test debut, he was involved in a very difficult delivery. <laughs> Later come back to haunt him that next day. And he didn't get any sleep. But sadly, it was not the only delivery he had a problem with that day because he made a duck in his only test innings. Oh. But he was a very good player for Victoria. Well, he had two difficult deliveries on the same day. <laughs> um, yeah, snobs as Christian, you'd reckon he'd be good with stories. deliveries. Correct. But wow. he, he, you know. Yeah, I heard, I heard the pair of them, but it is amazing sporting career. I heard there was a problem with Test him with for the, Australia. With the um with one of the deliveries of the baby as an obstetrician and um apparently he hand passed the uh the the baby, said baby, to the nurse and uh, really clocked it in the head. It uh, didn't work out too well. But uh, can you enlighten me on that, Fanny, or is that just rumor and gossip? That's rumor and in your endo. <laughs> and in your endo too, and that's, uh, that is amazing to play um, league footy, test cricket, and be um, and be and and well, I mean that was back in the days when they did have jobs and stuff. But um, and to be a you know obstetrician of of note, uh, that's an amazing achievement. Pretty good contribution to the country, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, bloody oath. Yeah, I mean, mm. and, and all of that, quite sadly, in a life that spanned. Just over fifty years. Oh, really? Yeah, he died. He, he was unfortunately uh, suffered ill health in his last few years, and fifty-three go- fifty-three goals, fifty-three years. Yeah, I think that's uh, spooky. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, brilliant sports person, an amazing, amazing, um, much loved Melbourneian. Oh, no, that's a great story. Very well done once again, Mr. Fine. Thank you so much for uh, sharing that with us. Well done, Fine. We, uh, uh, next week, mm-hmm. look forward yeah. to the mysterious death of Tertius Bosch. Oh, okay. Mm. I, I like death and I like mysterious, so this is something I'm looking at. I don't know who the person is, but I'm sure I'll find out. All right, let's get to the uh, let's get to the chart for this week now, uh, and finish off with that. Uh, it is uh, July tenth, nineteen eighty eight. I was doing what was I do? I was doing breakfast at uh, Fox at that stage. What were you doing, Finey? Nineteen eighty eight. I was working hard, a couple of different jobs. Um, if no, actually, I had Gourmet Express, my beloved first successful business, but saving up. Frantically, because 1989, I would head off, travel overseas for a year and a bit. So, yeah, the carefree life of a young man. <laughs> I was, I was in the. Those were what do they say? My salad days. Oh, lovely! What about you? Uh, uh, what were you doing, Mister Mannix? X Men were still going, or had you broken up then, or what was going on? No, nah, we broken up. I was lost. Um. Not sure where I was going to go. Um, the only thing I was doing was my wife 
And um, and actually, I was doing it so well that um, the very next year we we had a baby. So uh, so you know, I wasn't wasting my time, but. Um, yeah, no, it was a pretty sad time for me in 1988, so it just was lost. Anyway, right. I'm not I'm not lost now. Okay, uh, well let's get let's get to the uh, we'll, we'll get to the, the the song that I mentioned as our feature song at some stage uh, during this, but let's uh, let's kick it off finally with your number three, good and bad. Number three, good. I wonder what you guys think of this song. Uh, look, I, I'm not saying I was a great fan of the song at the time, but it has endured. And I actually think it's a bit of a landmark song. And I'm going for Tracy Chapman's Fast Car. So that's my number three good. Okay. Well, you know, I'm, you know I, I, I think it's a strong song even today. I actually um, heard it on the radio on, on the weekend, on Sunday, when uh, Sarah and I were driving down to Inverloch and back. Uh, and yeah. we both we both commented that it was a, one of those songs we didn't dislike, but we didn't actually love and still felt pretty much the same way about it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's funny because Tracy Chapman would later stand for a lot of things, you know, um, independent, coloured, yep. sexuality, etc. But the song doesn't really stand for anything, I don't think, unless I'm missing something. No, I don't think but so. But I think it stood the test of time. Yeah. Yeah. Now, it doesn't, it doesn't sound out of place now. Um, yep, yeah. num- number three bad. Number three bad is actually a very good song, brilliantly sung. But what in the f*** is What a Wonderful World doing in a 1988 chart? I can tell you easily. Yeah, me too. A movie? Good morning, Vietnam. Yeah, great. And who's making the money out of that? Because Louis Armstrong's corpse certainly didn't see much of it. <laughs> yeah, oh, his, fa- his family would. If his affairs were in order. I don't think he wrote it, did he? No, but he'd still be getting mechanical royalties, oh, I okay. would think. Because yep. uh, the record yep. would have been well and truly paid off. So he, by rights, his family should be receiving money. Oh, that. yeah, that would have been all sorted out for Satchmo back in the 50s when <laughs> coloured folk really were well looked yeah, after. Yeah, right, yeah. Let's make sure, let's make sure that this... This fellow from you know, let's make sure that this coloured chap's family's looked after they, somewhere they, down the track. And they'd I, often I do, think so. They'd often do gigs, and then the guys, the, the white guys that hired them, already paid you. No, so you didn't, and they just rip them off. They just refused to pay them. It yeah. was, that's why Chuck Berry, he wouldn't go on stage until he had the money before he went on. Yep. You'd ask for a paper bag full of the money and put it there, and then I'll go on stage. Yeah, and if you want an encore, well, you, know, you, you give me another paper bag. You know what Ray Charles did according to the movie? No. So you know I, what Ray Charles did according to the movie? You've not got no reason to disbelieve it because he was blind. Because mm. they used to rip him off. He demanded to get paid in ones so at least he could count the dollar notes because yeah. American uh, money is all the same size. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> oh, clever, clever man, clever man. All right, Brian, what do you got? Three and uh, good, know, don't, good. Don't tell me you've given me. Okay, well, okay for bad. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start with. Uh, you're not going to like this, Kev, but um, it's a little river band. Oh. It's uh, love is a bridge. Mm-hmm. Really, this is some of the clumsiest 
clunky poetry I've I've heard. You know, it's well produced. Glenn's a beautiful singer, and the band are so talented. But it's a real nothing song. It should have been just you know an album track. It's it's certainly not a, a great single. So that's my number three bad, and my number three good. We're going to go for uh, Crowded House, sitting there at number uh, three. Yep. Uh, Better Be Home Soon. It's just, um, I don't know, it just really touches me, this song. And um, I don't know, I, I suspect that most people that listen to it have had the feelings that this song, um, you know, creates. So, yeah, that's. I think it's a great song. So well done, Neil Finn. Not so well done, Glenn Shorick, but you are a great singer. Yep. Uh, it's uh, not, not LRB's finest moment. There's no doubt about that. Uh, that was the Steve Howes and Wayne Nelson. Derek was in the band then, Graham Goble and uh, and Glenn. Um, I think Bieber wasn't in the band at that stage. So, yeah, they were not, not, their, not their finest hour by any stretch of the imagination. Um, my number three bad. Geez, there's some bad songs on this chart. Oh yeah. Oh, there's some stinkers. But I'm telling you, if you can, uh, and I can find two worse than this one. Uh, but this is pretty bad. At uh, at number thirteen on this chart is Tiffany. Now, Tiffany actually, this chart features two Tiffany's, two Banana Ramas, two Rick Astley's, two Bros, and two Pet Shop Boys. But two right. Tiffany's, two Tiffany's is way too many. And the other Tiffany song is equally as putrid as this one is, but mm. for her to do a version of I saw her standing there and called it I saw him standing there um, and uh, and to kill what is you know a relatively nice little inoffensive Beatles song that I, I wasn't overly fond of but thought, yeah, yeah, it's a good little song, happy, bounce along, typical Beatles kind of song from that era, and then she got it. And uh, she pillaged and raped it like uh, there's no tomorrow. I, I, I can't listen to it at all. It's awful. And she hasn't got a bad voice, but by God, does it, this song sound like crap. Uh, so I saw him standing there by Tiffany is my number three bad. My number mm. three good is the song that is number nine that actually a couple of people on the social media stuff that we got this afternoon mentioned that they hate the bloody thing and think it's a horrible song and got bashed to death on the radio. I still like hearing it. I'm talking about underneath the radar, which oh yeah, for, oh, I quite like. For it. some reason, I don't mind. It still kind of sounds pretty good. Uh, Underworld was the name of the band, and it still sounds pretty good on the radio. A little dated the beginning with the uh, the kind of boom crash up voice thing on it, but uh, for the most part, not a bad song still, and still now, stands up I'm, today. I'm, I'm happy with that, Keith. Oh, thanks, Brian. That's all right. It's made a difference. Mind you, Brian's being nice to us now, finally, because we're going to get to the song that Brian's on soon, and then the gloves are off. Uh, look, that'll be coming up, won't it? Yeah. Then the gloves are off. Uh, finally, number two, good and bad, please. Okay, so my number two, good, I concur with my learned friend, Brian Mannix. Better be home soon. Beautiful song. Are we all on the same page? Yep, absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Number two, bad. You don't have to read this chart for very long to be sickened. I don't care what anybody thinks of Kylie Minogue, but that is exactly the sort of music that starts wars. <laughs> Unnecessary dross, horrible, got to be certain. Who wrote it? Stock, Aiken, asshole. I mean, <laughs> seriously. Oh, let's take this girl from 
let's take this girl from Ringwood and not put her where she belongs in a Macca's serving finey a cheeseburger. Let's make her an international star by giving her some of the sort of some of the sort of music that third world countries would go to war over. Fairly <laughs> disgusting song, disgusting, disgusting. Uh, it sits proudly up there at number one in it actually if you have a look at the chart it debuted at number one yeah exactly that That is frightening the whole thing was rigged 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 (laughs) Uh, now you any thoughts on whether she was on mushroom then wasn't she Brian Oh, I think she was on acid I don't know if she was on mushrooms but um, correct it was on I don't know what she was on, but certainly anybody that bought the record was on something. <laughs> was, was she hanging around with Hutchie then? Because Hutchie would have got her onto the onto the onto the gear. He would have loaded I'll her stop up at with that. mushrooms stop and that stuff. stuff. Uh, Eighty-eight. Well, I'm, 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 yeah, she probably that might have been that might have been what she's going to. I reckon she was, and um, I reckon she's got to be certain about scoring the man, man. Right, uh, give me your number yeah. two, good and bad. Finey's given us two very fine examples there of uh, the good and bad of the of the ten Australians in this chart. Right. Well, I'm gonna. Gee, I'm gonna. Okay, the number two bad is "Drop the Boy." Oh. Number by Bros. Yeah. Fourteen. Yeah. Oh God, help us. Um. You know, it's got a bit of a dance beat, I suppose, but it's just, it's just shit. It, it, it I, I don't know where to start with this. It's just everything they do and say in this song annoys me. So it's a miracle it didn't get to number one, but I thought I should save that for myself. That's a so type. That, that's a typographical error too. It's not bros. It's dross. It's spelt with a d. Right, because it yeah, is. It's dr- everything sense. they do is dross. Yeah. Now, sort of um, for my no- good one, I kind of done this the wrong way, but I'm going to go for uh, number forty. Right down the very bottom. Yeah. Okay. Dirty Diana by the uh, our friend. Stop uh, it. <laughs> well, it's it's not it's not proven, but in my mind it is. But I was going to um, mention there's two Tiffany's, two Banana Ramas, two Rick Ashley's, two Pedophiles, two Bros, two Pet Shop Boys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, is it yeah, d- Dirty Diana. I, I believe it's about Diana Ross. Um, but yeah, it's not bad. It's pretty rocking for Michael Jackson. Steve so, Stevens uh, played guitar on it. it. It had a bit of an edge that one. Yeah, but he didn't get paid. Because Eddie Van Halen played on the first one uh, on the Thriller album and didn't take any money. And then they got Steve Stevens to play and they just don't offer you money. You're playing on a Michael Jackson record. Oh, really? And Yeah. Um, the, and uh, Stuff slash, that. <laughs> slash as well. And it's like. Yeah, you want to come play on a Michael Jackson record? Yeah, cool, man. And you just don't get paid. He's a tight ass. Oh, okay. Well, well, that's fine. Yeah, well, we shouldn't be saying ass and talking about Michael Jackson. No, you shouldn't. No, you shouldn't. All right. My number two, good and bad. Here we go. My number two, good. I'll get to it. It's it's the song that's number four. Um, 
and, and I'm not sure that I liked it as much when it came out as I probably do now for some reason, But and someone else mentioned that in the social media comments too. It's a song that's sort of grown on them as you've gone along. I'm not sure I liked it that much when it came out. I liked it, but um, I'm more fond of The Flame by Cheap Trick now than I was, I think, then. I, and I quite like it as a song now uh, to listen to. I had a listen this afternoon and watched it, and even though they've got big hair and all that now and they don't have that now, but it, it actually stacks up pretty good, I think. Uh, and my number two bad, my God, this bloke annoys the bejesus out of me. Can he take a good song and kick the guts out of it? And, uh, and as much as... Some people think he is a very, very good singer. I don't. I find him. Hang on. Uh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Can you just stick to the chart and stop laying into me? <laughs> oh, no. I've got better stuff for you. Uh, <laughs> uh, Michael Bolton. Uh, sorry. Sitting uh, on the Dock of the Bay is just a beautiful, beautiful song. Um, when done by Otis Redding, it is It is just a great. bloody great song. Wonderful. It's uh, wonderful. Emotive and, and beautifully sung and, and just, uh, you know, all the right, all the boxes tick. Michael Bolton takes it and turns it in, uh, takes it down to the uh, the drive-thru and, uh, and kicks the bejesus out of it, sucks every tiny bit of emotion out of it and turns it into this this piece of crap that he's put out on record that was number five in this chart, I think. So, Kev, uh, yes. What was he trying to <laughs> prove? For God's sake, Michael. I don't know, but I don't if, like it. If every decision you made with this song was the wrong one. Correct. Ah. Oh. Correct. Damn. So he gets it sitting on the dock of the bay, which I really like as a song, but he's killed it. Mm. Uh, funny. At number three, we have Fast Car by Tracy Chapman and then Better Be Home Soon by Crowded House. In the bad pile, we have What a Wonderful World by Louis Armstrong because it shouldn't be there, not because it's a bad song. And uh, number two has got to be Certain, which is the number one song in this chart, at number two in the bad pile for Finey. So what is his worst and his best? Let's find out. Well, my worst, I almost got gazumped, but you saved me, Kevin. Mm-hmm. You left. I played this song because I didn't really know it. And I walked out of the room, and when I heard the chorus, I rushed back to see if my dogs were okay. <laughs> my wife was listening to it. Oh, no. And to show the gulf between musical tastes, she goes, I remember this. This wasn't bad. <sighs> this isn't bad. I, I, I'm, I'm now not going to discuss it anymore because I've had a beautiful bisque. I've had a good day. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not going to send myself into fucking musical hell by talking about could have been by Tiffany. But I will say this. Oh, it's, it's <laughs> my, beloved friend, my beloved friend, Angel Modra, used to have a very ornery pony by the name of Tiffany that had the, it was irascible, that had a very bad habit of, with its big teeth, gnawing at the padlock of the sort of, part of the paddock it was in. <laughs> it used to make a horrible noise, those big yellow teeth gnawing away at this metal padlock. Far more listenable to this Tiffany song. <laughs> yes, I listened to it today too. God, it's awful. It's so awful. Oh. Like, like if, if, if I was playing this, it, it was on my phone, but literally if I was playing a vinyl record of this, you would have seen me in the movie in slow motion diving to flick the needle off <laughs> yep. before I inflicted more pain on anybody. Yep. 
Yeah, awful, awful, awful song. What's your number one good? Because uh, your number um, Fast Cars, good. Better Be Home Soon's excellent. So what's your, what's your best one? All right, this song to me is very 1988. So I'm trying to have a song that I liked back then. I don't necessarily hear it often. You do hear it a bit. I guess if you listen to the wrong station, you could hear it might be overplayed. I don't know. I don't know. But every time I hear it, I think, I don't know who in the f the band is. I don't know who Black is. I don't know what they are. Oh, yeah. It's a Black. I, I, I've got no idea. What a strange name for a band, Black. They're, they're odd. Sounds a bit racist. I don't know if they're, from, if they're Scandinavian. I, I, I'm assuming they're European or something. It's a Pommy singer. Or a Pommy singer. Yeah, Pommy solo. I've got no idea. Yeah, Pommy solo singer. Jo, John something. I can't think of it. I, I looked it up today. But that song, Wonderful Life, he had a moment. I really believe. Even Tiffany, if she sung a million songs, would probably get a good one. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I didn't know anything about Black. I couldn't remember him at all. I remembered the song. Um, but, yeah, you're right. It is a, it's a really good song. And, uh, yeah, he was just a, an English singer. I think used that as the non-diplume for that. I'm not sure much of the history behind that. But, yeah, uh, good choice. Yeah. A, it yeah, is so a very nice you song. Know, it's called Wonderful Life. I think everybody knows it. It's a wonderful, wonderful life. Yeah, it's a lovely song. Yeah, really yeah, it's song. it's it's funny because it's sort of it's lilting and sad, but optimistic. Yep. I, I like it. I, I I think I think certain people. I think at times people would have been in certain places, and it might have been might have been a help to them. It might have been uplifting to them. I don't know. I, I like it. Yep. No, that's good. it. Good choice. All right, uh, Mr. Mannix. So just clutching the toilet then. Put down, uh, put down that falafel and uh, and get over here and give us your number one good and bad. Well, <clears throat> my number one good, I think, is uh, it's number three, I think, on the chart. I don't have it in front of me at the minute, Kev, but it's Louis Armstrong. Um, number two. Number two. What a wonderful world. Um you know, I sort of became really aware of this through Good Morning Vietnam was white charter, but really it just beautiful words, beautiful melody, and it just it's sort of one of those songs that sort of makes me sort of go, hang on a sec, forget all the bullshit. This is what it's about, you know, because we get distracted with the world, you know, like, oh, shit, we're going to get a new TV, we're going to do this sort of shit, but this sort of, Song strips back the world to me and goes, oh, hang on, these are the important things. And I, it really touches me every time I hear it. So that's easily my number one best. Yep. Um, now, the number one worst is, of course, me. Yep. You're not alone. Um, yep. What the hell? You know, I got a phone call. It's like, oh, yeah, from Michelle Manellis. And she said, look, they're doing this. Sony or CBS are doing this record, the Olympics. So we're going to support the Olympic people. Well, you know, it's written, I think the lyrics are written by Rob Hurst. and He's, he's listed as one of the five songwriters. Yeah, well, that's there's your first problem. You've got five songwriters. Um, who are the other songwriters? Have you got them there, Kev? Yes, I, as a matter of just funnily enough, Brian, I do. Mm. Uh, professional. They are Angry Anderson, 
Yeah. Rob Hurst. Yeah. Mel Logan. Bernie Lynch. And John yeah. Schumann. Yeah, Shuey. Yeah, right. Mm. Um, it's just overwordy. It's like, you know, it's it's just the lyrics are so overly dramatic. And, you know, it's like a Midnight Oil song or a Red Gum song. It makes sense. And, you know, I'm and a bit of and a bit of angry thrown in there, I reckon. Angry's angry's got the kind of oh, we can't, angry has, we can't angry be beaten stuff in there. Yeah, but I reckon Bernie would have written the chorus. You're not alone. You know, he's the only one with some pop sensibilities there, yeah. but that's followed possibly the week. But yeah, it's just a shit song. It's overwordy. It's over dramatic, and um, just overdone. You know, um, I, I, I tried my best, but even I couldn't save it. Julie Anthony, Basha Bonkowski. Yeah, yeah. Daryl Braithwaite. Yeah, Daryl Braithwaite. Neil Brooks. Kate Sobrano. Jonathan John, Coleman. John English. Tommy Emmanuel, John English. I'm doing this in alphabetical order. Right. The Fabulous Singlets, Paul Fields, Renee Geyer, Grace Knight, Brian Mannix. All right. How about that, that guy? Yeah, how about that guy? Um, mm-hmm. doing else? a little bit of a doing a bit of a little Led Zeppelin Rick Price in this one. <laughs> Ian, Ian Rogerson, Vince Sorrenti, Richard Wilkins, Ross Wilson, a veritable who's through of the Australian music industry. Well, that's uh, very kind of you, Kevin. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I heard it. T- I didn't know you were on it. No, I picked a chart out and you know sent you both the chart, and then I go start to go through the songs and think. I thought, what's this Australian Olympians thing? And so then I did a little bit of work on it and obviously uh, looked at the clip and you're in the clip with your sunglasses on and you're standing behind. I, look, I, don't, I actually look pretty good in it. Yeah, actually. you're standing beside Daryl and uh, you're standing behind Angry. Um, well, I'm taller than Angry, well, so you, that's fine. Well, he's standing on it. Clearly you're on a step above him. Don't get it. Don't get it. Give me your shit about how tall you are. No, no, no. Oh, no, very sure. So, uh, yeah, so uh, all, the, all the money raised from the sales of that single, of course, went to the Australian Olympic uh, Foundation. To do what? Which went bankrupt, obviously, based on the strength well, of what's the Australian Olympic Foundation? What, what do they do? Well, they, they, they helped finance the team going to wherever we went to in 1988, which I'm assuming was Seoul. Ah, well. Well, isn't that the federal government? So why didn't you responsibility? do responsibility? Why didn't you do a you know a, a, a soul song for soul? You know what I mean? Like, do sitting on the dock of the bay or something? Oh, look, you know, talk to Rob Hurst. And, you know, why didn't I was you just, do K-pop? <laughs> I was just a very junior member of that production. You know, it's like, oh yeah, the publicists yeah. want Manic, want Manic in. So you know, we said you know, it before, Brian. What? When it comes to ensemble singing, you know Vince Sorrenti. <laughs> well, we, we have discussed this many times on the program and, uh, you know, it's Vince is a terrific guy, but I think I'm funny. But, no, he's a <laughs> river. <laughs> no. Well, I just had to get one back, you know. Nothing against Vince. Oh, he's, he's, he's terrific. I always get on well with Vince. Yeah, but athletes foot's funnier than Vince Sorrenti. <laughs> And that should have been the name of this group, not the uh, <laughs> not the Australian Olympians. It should have been Athletes Foot. Oh, uh, are we are we out there making history, 
Do or die. Oh, for God's sake, it's a sporting event. Well, let's say all those songs are awful. It doesn't matter who does them, who sings them and who writes them. All those inspirational sporting songs, 90% of them are bloody awful. Yeah, it just needs to be something like I am, you are, we are Australian or something, you know. It doesn't need to go into the pistol going off and it's like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> you know, you sang, it's like. What was your line was something about history, wasn't it? Are we out there making history? Yeah. Are we doing it for our country? Do or die. It's like, are you kidding? This is ridiculous. The two minute thirty eight mark of the uh, of the song when we play it in its entirety in a couple of minutes, uh, ladies and gentlemen. That's when you listen out for Brian's big starry well, moment, and well, and then and then eject yourself from it quickly because straight after Brian does his line, Richard Wilkins sings. Well, I try to. I, like, I actually like Richard Wilkins' lines. Oh, he kicks my ass, doesn't he? Um, but. No, but he, 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 his, line, his, line was, his line was pretty good, wasn't it? What was his well, line? It was pretty long. Sorry, not good. <laughs> ah. Was, on a, was, it, was it on a mirror? <laughs> long, good. Um, was that a, was yeah. that a big party? Was that a big piss-up party, that, that session that you recorded that and did the film clip and all that, Brian? Give us um, some inside information here. Yeah, it was it was a really good fun day. Um I was flirting with the larger girl of the singlets and she seemed to think I was terrific and then, you know, um, it was like, well, no, I'm actually married, so, you know. But um, And I spent a bit of time with John Schumann and I thought, you know, me and John Schumann are the last people to be friendly with. Yeah. And a bit of time with Daryl. Um, and, you know, angry is always good value, but um, yes. you know, I don't think I spoke to Rob Hurst or, um, you know, the big wigs. They were, you know, there's a bit of a... Big uh, wigs. <laughs> there's a bit of a... Uh, hierarchy. You know, a hierarchy. Yeah, you can and, tell you that know, from where you're standing in the clip. Yeah, and I was, me and um, Paul Field from Cockroaches or the Wiggles. Yep. We were sort of we spent a lot of time together because it's he's like he's a good uh, fella. Yeah. He's a really good fella. He's a ripper, and well, um, you could have been a wiggle. <laughs> I wish I had a been. I'd be the black wiggle. Well, I'd I'm love sure. to have been a wiggle. How good would you have been? Yeah, um, but funny, you had to be bigger than the children to be able to be in the wiggles. What oh, we going oh, to do? No, no, where we going to go? I was yeah. play school recently, and one of the hosts was. I don't even know what the term, the correct term is. I don't know either. Slut. Um, <laughs> Horizontally Blut. challenged. Slut. Um, vertically challenged. No, 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 no. Nazi. No. Uh, fascist. A dwarf. A, a short person, yes. Little person. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's all right. That, that's good. Yeah. Right. Might be a chance for me to get a job. <laughs> Uh, so there you go. That's uh, that. Your number three bad is your own song, and I, I think that's justifiable uh, in this case. I've got to call it the way it's the way it is. And uh, as much as I like to pump up my own tyres, I've got to be honest to our listeners. Number twenty three uh, on this chart. I think it. I think it got to number eighteen nationally. Was the highest chart position it had. Well, they would have pushed the shit out of it, and really, I don't think anybody really liked well, that's it. That's not exactly gold medal. No, it's not. It's no, not, it's not actually no. a podium what, finish. What, what medal? What medal? What medal is that? Um, 
Well, it's not platinum. It's not gold. No, it's, it's not. It's not. Uh, and, what what uh, else they give for records? Platinum and gold. Can, I think it's about it. Can, yeah. Lead. <laughs> Zinc. Well, I think I don't think I don't think Australia went particularly well at the Seoul Olympics, did we? I remember our basketball team did well. Our men's basketball team made it to the final four, I think, and finished and got beaten by the Yanks. Um, but I don't think we won a lot of medals. No, I think that yeah. song has really, really put the mozzer on. There, there were, I, I reckon, the hockey won a gold medal. I don't reckon but we won many. Olympics, hang on, yeah. was that the Olympics after LA? Yep. Yeah. That the Russians didn't go to. When did. No, that was. There was Moscow uh, in 18. LA was. LA yeah, in 84. Yeah, and then yeah. Luke won in '84, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, I think you're right there. I got a feeling we didn't win. And uh, 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 someone will Google this and be going, "Yeah, and you giggle it." Um, I don't reckon we won many medals yeah. at all in '88. No, I think it was another a bit like it was '76 when we went to our shit wear shit house and we started the Australian Institute yeah, of Sport. We didn't win a gold medal. Yeah, well, that's just not Australian. And is then it? eighty was the one where half the team didn't go or something, wasn't it? Because it was Moscow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right. mm. Okay, uh, my word for just uh, for interest, my number one good is uh, is Crowded House. I just love that song. Oh, I'm with you both yeah. and in terms of what a what a lovely song that is, and just beautifully sung by Neil and. Just yeah, it's one of those songs. It was playing in the in the car when we were driving around the other day, and, uh, and Sarah and I both seen it and thoroughly enjoyed it. And my number one bad is your mate, Brian. Your mate. Mm. No, and not. And I'm not talking about the number thirty one song from James Rain. That didn't make it. Your mate, Prince. Number thirty five, uh. Alphabet Street. Brought to you by the letter S H I T. It is absolutely awful song. Dreadful song, and if you ever wondered why people say, Do you think Prince is a bit overrated? Listen to that song, and you won't think that anymore. You'll agree with them. Um, when he did good songs, he did a couple of rippers, but by geez, when he did bad ones, they were bloody awful. And that's one I, of them. I couldn't agree with you more, Kev. Um, overrated, did do some great work, but gee, there's a lot of shit amongst the shafts. Coming from a man who did You're Not Alone, that's a pretty big statement to make. Well, uh, I'm, you know, I've got experience with <laughs> shit, so... Uh, yeah, you're an expert in the field. <laughs> you can trust me on this one. Uh, and off the uh, off the social media, uh, Tim Boyce says, uh, woeful, uh, the whole chart's woeful with the exception of The Flame, Blue Monday and the excellent Struggle Town by The Choir Boys. Um, mm. Steve Cameron said, a goddamn awful chart. Thankfully, we don't hear 30 of those shite ones much anymore. His best was Fast Car, New Sensation, and Motor Too Fast. His worst was Boys by Sabrina. Oh, God, that's an awful song. Um, Loving the First Degree by Banana Rama and Drop the Boy by Bross. Uh, Sam says his best was uh, Better Be Home Soon, Blue Monday, and Fast Car. His worst was When Will I Be Famous. I saw him standing there, and uh, Sabrina's song said, I hated the song but loved the video, just because Sabrina had her boobs out the whole way through. Um, I forgot about it. Sabrina. Oh, it's awful. Yeah, I, I would have put that in my top three had oh. I remembered and realised what it was. Uh, and Ipswich Celtic, who, uh, who sent us a fair bit of stuff on the uh, on the social media and uh, always has some good comments, says, always on my mind by the Pet Shop Boys, a brilliant version. 
goes for about there's a thirty minute version of that song. You have a thirty minute version of any song. It, it, it's, it is a good version. Yeah, no, it's not a bad version, but thirty minutes. Yeah, that can't be right. Yeah, um, and it, he's the one who said uh, the flame by Cheap Trick is the one that gets better on for him as he gets older. His his worst were Motor Too Fast, anything from Bryson Pink Cadillac, and he also mentioned Big Pig as a song that was worth a listen to, which not a bad song that Breakaway by Big Pig. So just a couple of points on that. Mm-hmm. You know, I love Blue Monday. Yeah, Blue I know. Order, but that's the nineteen that's the nineteen eighty eight version. That's like a re release. That was that was tricked up, wasn't it? With all the all the electronic yeah, yeah. stuff in it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the song from 1983, the original and best. I feel. Hey, I listened to um, a bit of the electronic Blue Monday one today. Uh, did the models? Did the models uh, heavy heavily influenced by by New Order? So many bands were heavily influenced. They were, they were enormously. Groundbreaking, yeah. that Manchester sound. You know? yeah. Well, I don't, yeah, think the, I don't think the X Men were. I don't think we ever listened to them. Um, <laughs> you know, hang on. Finally, was uh, making a couple of points. What, what else do you want to say, Finally? I did. I did have a look into the nineteen eighty eight Olympics. If you're interested. Oh, okay. Yeah. What did we win? Three gold. Michelle Ford. No, no, that was nineteen eighty. Oh, was it? Okay. What did we win? But, well, I was correct. We did win the women's hockey. Okay. See, I remember those Olympics because Seoul was exactly the same time zone as Melbourne. That's right, it was too. So I remember that I was in my car and I pulled over to listen to Debbie Flintoff King. Oh, was that mm. 88? Oh, that was remember a great remember one by like an inch? Yeah, yeah, bee stick. And Duncan Armstrong won the 200 metre freestyle. Oh, that was the famous one with, um, what's his name, belting Stephen Quartermain in the stand. Yeah, yeah, uh, Laurie Lawrence. Laurie Lawrence belting as quarters as he was coming home saying, the animal's going to win, the animal's going to win. There was some good, there was a great silver medal, Graham Spike Sheeney. Oh, the boxing, yeah. Yeah, should have won it. Lisa Lisa Martin in the marathon. Yes, yeah, that's right. Lisa Rondiki. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Martin Vinicum in the cycling, cycling Dean yeah. Woods in the cycling. And, yeah, I mean, it was a poor Olympics, three, five, and six, I think. So wow. pretty poor by, by well, our standards now. I, I remember Spike Cheney getting interviewed after he, getting the silver medal. Yeah. And yeah. Um, and he said, well, you know, I think I could have got gold, except there's this Song called "You're Not Alone." <laughs> Been playing all day. It just, it just did my freaking head in. Correct. Especially when Brian Maddox came on, it was just. <laughs> yeah, he did say that. Uh, retrospectively, Spike should get the gold. Really. Have you noticed? Have you noticed that they haven't done another record for the Olympic team since? See, there because you go. because how'd we go in '84? We did all right in '84. But come 88, we put out the Olympic record and best we can come up with is three gold and uh, Spike Cheney cracking the shits about the song. Yep, yep, that seems fair to me. Seems fair to me. Uh, All right, boys, we've come to the end of another edition of this program. We're going to finish with You're Not Alone. Oh, God. Well, it killed killed off uh, the 88 Olympic team and a theme song. It may kill this podcast off. I hope not. But at the 2 minute 38 minute mark, we're all – uh, we'll clap like they do in the uh, sporting arenas across the world and we'll stand to attention and salute the yeah. 
Brian Mannix it, saying goodbye to his career. If you're listening, yeah, it wasn't saying goodbye <laughs> to my career, really. It was. Um, but if you listen to my bit, oh, you, can see, you can see that I'm desperately trying not to sound like the others and I'm trying to drive down Led Zeppelin Street, which doesn't really work, but, um, you know. Anyway. Hey, I think you were down Alphabet Street with Prince at that stage, yeah, holding hands, oh, walking oh, off into yeah. the distance, drinking yeah, gold. I was about as popular as ISIS at this particular point in time. Uh, here it is, anyway. the inspiration for our fabulous performance at the 1988 Olympic Games. Go, Australia. Oh, how wordy is this piece of Go, shit? Go, Brian. Uh, Thank you, Finey. We are making history. As always, Finey, a pleasure. Uh, look, yeah, forward, well, look, look forward to next what? week. Mm. I guess I'm just listening to this song. In pre in pre production, oh Brian, <laughs> Brian, 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 uh, look, Brian, Brian. You try so, to get out, and they keep dragging you back here, <laughs> dragging me back <laughs> into shit. I don't want to do shit anymore. Uh, we'll leave you with uh, uh, this wonderful song, everyone. See you next week on Rock and Roll. Oh, oh God. Out there
just experienced rock and roll. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook.